Thank you so much, Eric, for your time for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's really cool. What has gotten you interested in the mystery and supernatural genre? I think it's the idea of the unknown. I've always been attracted to. There's like, it, I guess, the combination of fear and excitement. Um, there's just something really appealing about that to me so the, on the mystery side and then the supernatural side as well, just kind of like exploring these what ifs, um, things beyond like what we see and, you know, what we, what we don't necessarily experience in the real world. You can just explore, go crazy in, the, in fiction. It's really fun. And then in, in terms of like specific things that inspired me growing up, probably the Twilight Zone was my first introduction to that sort of thing. Um, and that definitely influenced a lot of my writing going forward. Alfred Hitchcock, Twilight Zone? The original uh, Twilight Zone from like the 50s. Your uh, film you had created with your friends, The Other Dimension, <laughs> would, would you ever want to recreate that movie? Absolutely. In fact, I actually already have been planning to maybe do that someday. I would definitely require a bit of a budget for that one because it's right. ideal like a action-adventure fantasy. But it's interesting because if I were ever to to remake it, I've branched out into two different ideas. Mm -hmm. One idea is remake it, try to go for the fantasy adventure thing with a lot of new ideas to make it like more professional. But the other idea that is the unexpected idea is to make a comedy version, which is about like the behind the scenes, which is about like a bunch of kids who want to go out and make the movie and it's just crazy. And like years later, but they never finished, like we didn't. But years later as adults, they like reconnect and try to make the movie and scrap together their old footage as kids. And, and it just jumps back and forth between adulthood and childhood. And I think that'd be, that'd be fun to make too. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. What was The Other Dimension about? So it, it's pretty a mashup of all the uh, fantasy adventure movies you can think of. You got to remember that this was written when we were uh, like in middle school. Two kids find this rock in their backyard. It's like a magical rock. It's all bluish and stuff. And it transports them suddenly to this magical world of monsters and, uh, mm -hmm. and warriors. And yeah, they, they go through this journey in like through the wilderness. And uh, it's sort of a mixture of Lord of the Rings, Star Wars and the Chronicles of Narnia. And it's just, it's just a fun time. <laughs> what was your favorite memory of process of making that film with your friends? Just hanging out mostly. You know, it wasn't really a job or anything. And, and we weren't concerned about like if it was good or not. When we first started, we didn't even have like a script. We just we just had an idea. Um, this is back in the days when we would just pick up a camera and film whatever comes to mind in the moment. Mostly just the overall experience because it took me throughout like so much of my formative years of like middle school and high school. It lasted like that whole time and we kept remaking it sort of even then. Like we'd start with like this really basic version and then as our filmmaking progressed we would go back and say Let, let's let's do the whole thing over again it got more and more complicated started to do visual effects and 3d just a good hobby to do in our free time what was a good learning experience you took from making that film with your friends that you were able to apply with down the road well it's funny because i i think i basically broke all the lessons i learned while <laughs> making down the road Okay. Uh, but but the lessons I took were to not be so ambitious, like try to keep things simple that you can simple and manageable that you can actually achieve. Like with the other dimension, we we wanted to uh, have like full on 3D animated monsters and stuff. And it's just like we believed we could do it, but it was not to be. For down the road, I tried to change that and make it a little bit simpler, not so focused on the visual effects. But 
and not so ambitious, but I still, even though I'm not making 3D monsters, I'm still like trying to create this very specific, like woodsy entrance. A lot of that is, is visual effects. And I think that's probably the weaker part of the film. I had to go through down the road and finish a film like this to finally learn, okay, okay, now you can just like relax. Yeah, now it's, it's try to like make a movie that's creative, but without something that just takes years of your, your life to try to make by yourself. Was there something specific that inspired you to write down the road? Or? Well, it started with another story that I wrote also uh, in middle school. And that was just, mostly that was me just wanting to write a story that involved spooky, mysterious woods somehow. It was a very basic premise. Just kids just go and explore the woods at night and like from a local legend or whatever. Adapted that years later in college into a, uh, into the story down the road and uh, just imbuing it with more of kind of more philosophy to it and more like analysis of loss and, and things like that. What has gotten you into music? Well, I first probably uh, piano lessons was the beginning, maybe like five years old or something. Very, I was really young and I took piano lessons till I was about 14. And that just gave me a love for music. Oddly enough, I didn't take any lessons in composing. That's kind of where I, I broke off and I just sort of did my own thing. And it's kind of just just self-taught for years, listening to like soundtracks and trying to analyze them on my own. Piano lessons pretty much got me into it. Do you have a favorite instrument to play? Right now, piano is, is the only thing I play, unfortunately. There's actually a, a story coming up that I'd like to do, which would involve me learning the guitar. And I think that that'd be my first thing next to learn. And then I then after that, I'd probably like to learn the violin but right now it's uh it's just the piano for now if you don't mind me asking what story are you wanting of the uh the guitar it's uh it's a web series that i want to do it's sort of a last person on earth kind of thing um okay. something that i can kind of easily film without a huge budget or without a, a huge crew or anything i want the character he doesn't really know what he wants to do with his life in the normal world and once everyone in the world kind of disappears he's even more lost and he stumbles upon this guitar, and that's kind of his, like, friend. I think it's sort of been done, and the guitar is very much associated with that kind of environment. I have some ideas for it that I, I really want to play around with, and that's kind of basically his first turning point into character growth, is finding the guitar and learning to play. And, and I, I think it'd be fun to learn to play authentically as my character is uh, is learning, like, in real time, in real life too. So I think it'll be fun. This sounds pretty cool. Do you have a favorite uh, musical artist that you look up to? All Most of my influences are uh, film composers. Probably my top favorite is James Newton Howard, especially his scores for M. Night Shyamalan's early films, which is like The Sixth Sense, Signs, The Village. They have this like mysterious sad melancholy tone and i just love the sound of it most influential to me personally but uh, i have like a huge list of favorite composers got john williams then oh, then hans yeah. zimmer danny elfman uh bernard herman jerry goldsmith i i could list so many i just i just love so many is john williams still alive yeah the most recent thing he did at the time of this recording is a theme for the obi-wan tv show Okay. For Disney Plus, I don't know that he's uh, how much he's been doing for full scores these days, but he's been doing like a lot of themes, and then and then they'll have another composer uh, do the the full scoring. I've always had a lot of respect for him, and he's done a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah, his his themes are like just 
so well known and combined with like you know spielberg it's like the perfect match yeah have you ever been to a concert before uh they've mostly been john williams because he's the uh, easiest one to to access <gasps> that is so awesome what was yeah that like that's that's always super cool um i've always done it at the hollywood bowl it's really fun because it's always different he'll always choose a different selection keeps rotating it through stuff and sometimes you'll get like the more obscure things and that's exciting for a fan if you know but he always always plays the star wars theme Like and Imperial March or what is that? yeah yeah and, yep pretty much and people bring out their lightsabers and wave them around <laughs> and it's it's really cool that would be pretty cool. I bet for as much as he's probably done it for people, it's like he probably got it. He could probably do it with his eyes closed. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was one time that was really cool. One time that I went that they actually uh, had Steven Spielberg there and he presented like it was interesting. It was a very different concert because he presented scenes from his movies first without music and then with music. And it was really interesting to see like like they showed the opening to um, The Last Crusade. It was this long sequence. It's very fun and has a lot of energy, but it was really super empty without any music. And then you just And then they do the really fun John Williams score and it just like you just realize how much John Williams adds to these movies. Yeah. It's crazy because, like, until I started, like, watching either really, really good movies and really, really bad movies and, like, comparing them side to side, I, I never realized how important music is to a movie. Yeah. You ever watch Mom and Dad with Nicolas I don't think Cage? I don't think I have. Well, it's like one of his newer movies, and a lot of his newer movies are not that In this movie, Mom and Dad, the music is really bad, and I feel like the music is responsible for the movie not being that great. I mean, the music, and it was crazy to me, like, how much of an impact music had for a story. It'd be kind of interesting to kind of see Indian Jones in the Last Crusade or uh, and kind of just see the before and after, because that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really rare, um, but some DVDs used to have a music-only sound, uh, audio track, whatever you call it, like sort of like how uh, they have commentary tracks. You could switch it, and it would just be music, and you could see where it was just silent and where the music really kicks in. And um, They don't do it very often because I don't think most people watch that unless you're like a composer. Those are really cool and you kind of just see what scenes require music more, what scenes work, work good without. The, the example I turn to when I think of actually not using music to good effect is in uh, the original Jurassic Park when the T-Rex first breaks out of the enclosure. That scene doesn't have any music in it, but that's like one of the most intense scenes. And I think because... Um, there's no music so it's interesting like music is really impactful but also like knowing when to not use it is uh, is helpful too like to make Yeah. the movie better What were some uh, lessons you learned from the process of making this? pretty much the same <laughs> lessons that i learned with with uh, the other dimension uh keep it simple not not so ambitious and and really less focused on visual effects because those are the ones those are the things that uh like really eat up your time i think i've learned my lesson after down the road but i'm still i'm still trying to write stories that are asking way too much What I'm curious about is, as a writer, I, I, I struggle a lot with uh, writer's block. And I'm just curious, how did you overcome writer's block as you were writing the script down the road? I like to uh, just like immerse myself in similar stories that are out there. 
Okay. Um, whether they be movies that I already know and love or just new stuff that I'm curious about. And that always gets like ideas flowing. It's interesting because like some people say you should never do that. Like you should avoid, like if you're writing a mystery, don't, don't watch any mysteries until you're, you're done. Cause they say, you know, like it might influence you too much and then you're, you're less original. So there's, you know, there's different opinions on that, but I, I like to do it cause it, uh, it makes me more aware of like what's out there while I write. And so ideally it lets me know if I'm being unique or not, if I'm also hitting the things that people are expecting, you know, on some level you, you want to have, make something that people are expecting, but also not what they're expecting. You know, it's kind of like give them a little bit of what they want, but also what they don't know they want, you know? Right. Um, but when I'm out of ideas, I go to these other movies and especially their soundtracks too. I like to just chill with those in the background and uh, that usually helps helps me is there a specific film that you have that's your favorite soundtrack well signs by james newton howard that was the first soundtrack I ever bought so i obviously have listened listened to that a lot also the village that has a really just really nice atmosphere to it there's violins and it's it's just sad and and somber Monster House is unusual one that uh, a lot of people have listened to, but I, I really love that soundtrack. The Monster uh, House animation? Yeah. Okay. I, I was wondering if there was a live action Monster House. That's why oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've yeah, seen that movie too. forever. Yeah. So many soundtracks. It's just like, like too many to choose from <laughs> yeah just just those uh, those composers okay. like uh, john williams uh like any of his stuff james newton howard and danny elfman hans zimmer those are probably my most listened to inception probably my favorite from uh hans zimmer that's really really fun yeah there's, there's just too many to list <laughs> <laughs> those are all excellent choices <laughs> what was the most frustrating part in the process of making them I'd say two things. Um, one was the first one, and then the other one was the more frustrating. The first one was um, just kind of coordinating everyone's schedules. It was super hard because, I mean, we're not, you know, we're not doing this like professionally. We're not getting paid or anything. So it's just kind of like finding everyone's free time that all lines up and matches perfectly. Um, but not only that, it had to match with the weather. Because I, I wanted like every outdoor scene to be filmed with clouds and uh, just have that kind of moody, grayish kind of look to it. And getting everything just to align perfectly took so much waiting. So like with the film, you know, what, what would normally we'd just take like a few weeks or a month to film. It was spread over like years of just scattered filming. You could see my uh, main character, Charlie's hair, like change throughout the movie, unfortunately. <laughs> the other uh, frustrating part was just post-production because I... I basically did like, I was like the only one involved in the post-production, which is uh, a huge mistake. It just ate, ate a lot of my time and took took forever to, to do all that, but but yeah. I, I imagine there were a lot of times that you were planning on scheduling or having people and then the weather wasn't what you thought it'd be. You just had to like cancel it or not be able to do it that day or... Yeah, there were definitely a few a few of those. Um, it, it's interesting because it's like, it would, it would go any direction. Like some of the worst days were like when it would be a cloudy day, but like not a cloudy day. It would like, there would be a cloud and then suddenly the cloud would separate and it would be super bright sunny. And then like an hour later, it would go back to cloudy and we'd, it, it would tease you and you'd think like, oh, today's going to be good. But nope, nope, no, it's not. Sometimes it would go the opposite direction. It would get like, we'd think it'd be, oh, this is a good cloudy day. But then it would start to rain and pour. And it was like, okay, well, not, not that either. And then some days it would just be too windy. I, I think the worst though would be like when it's the, the weather's perfect, 
but the sounds are bad. So like like birds, like a huge group of birds will just decide this is their day to <laughs> chatter. You know, or, or somebody's blowing leaves, like that that's the stuff that's like, oh man. What are you the most proud of about your film? Uh well, first and foremost, just finishing the film. Like just since middle school, that was like my dream to make a feature length movie. And so with with finish so like the other dimension was my first attempt, but I, I never actually finished it. So this is the first finished feature film, and that just on its own is really exciting to me. Um, but in, in terms of specific things about the film, probably my top is the soundtrack, um, the score. That was, I, I think, personally the most professional aspect about it. That's the one I guess I've kind of been practicing most um, throughout the years, composing. But uh, And I, I've always wanted the chance to write various themes that are yeah. used and scattered throughout the movie. And I, I finally got to do that with this. And that was, that was really cool and fun in terms of like even more specific stuff. The, the news report video, that was like a visual effect. And I, oddly enough, that was one of like the simplest visual effects to do. And I think it turned out really nice. So I was, I'm proud of that. Um, just that kind of little clip. And then also the rain at the end of the movie. Like I hear stories about rain being like a big, a huge challenge and a budget and like even like uh, big budget movies to get like a full, uh, stormy rainy scene so I was really proud that I was able to pull it off with just like this one garden hose and uh, and I think I think it looks I think it looks pretty good I actually filmed a version of this movie like one-fifth of this movie an original version before I filmed this in that original version I filmed that uh, finale with in like a broad daylight I had such mm -hmm. confidence in in my visual effects back then that I was like oh it's okay I can just uh, I can just turn the footage blue and I'll just add little little streaks of rain falling down. And I'm just so thankful that I didn't uh, go with that, that I actually went with a physical water dripping down <laughs> the umbrella. It's like, it would have been so like bad looking, like, especially for the finale. It's like, Oh man. So I'm very, I'm very glad I, I changed my mind and went <laughs> with actual physical stuff. Yeah. Have you ever lost a friend or someone important to you? The way you capture such raw emotions from Charlie trying to understand it all seemed very on the point to me. Thanks for, uh, if, if you enjoyed that aspect. That was mostly inspired by, uh, my dad passed away when I was 12. That had a huge influence on my writing and in my life, you know, and, and trying to capture a little bit of those feelings in this was, uh, that, that's kind of where that comes from. Were any of the characters in the film based off of any of your friends that you would make movies with growing up probably a uh, little details here and there uh based on friends and family um but mostly i'd say the characters were based on just uh just pieces of myself like e each character represents like a different aspect of of how i might feel in times of stress um in in this instance just like various ways i i react to loss or whatever and different just different pieces of me probably all right originally were you ever going to have Yuma be the bad guy of the story that's really funny <laughs> so i never never did never did oh, intend that but hilarious. um but it, it, there is an interesting story behind the Yuma guy because like he's he's kind of featured rather prominently like he's a sort of an oddball in in the movie kind of stands out like uh a little too silly, a little too humorous for the for most of the tone of the movie. So he was he was originally always intended to be like a humorous little moment in the movie, but he never intended to be that like kind of over the top or like so prominently featured. And the reason he is is 
simply because I was yet again acting as another character, which is not what I intended originally. Um, and I just was looking for ways to make him be more different than my other characters that I play. So he, so people don't think that they're the same character. You know, I might have uh, emphasized emphasized him a little too much, uh, but yeah. Um, no, he is, he's not, he's not the villain. <laughs> That's crazy. Cause I, I thought that, he, uh, the homeless man lurking around, I thought it was Yuma. I don't know why, but that was my like thought as I was watching the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah like that, that that's where it would help to have like uh <laughs> I, I have like a screenings and i have people watch and say their thoughts and say oh i thought i thought the uh i thought the Uma guy was a villain i'm like oh maybe i need to, maybe I need to do that a little more. yeah this entire story is built around a fictional myth are there any myths that you believe in uh well in the in the real world mostly my interest or uh, belief in myths is probably more from a anthropological kind of standpoint so like uh focusing less on the myth itself and more about analyzing what it might say about our inner psychology as humans you know sort of our our hopes our fears relationship with nature and the universe things like that that's kind of what interests me there in the in the real world but yeah I really appreciate the uh, monologue you had written towards the end of the film about how we all find understanding and hope in dark times. I thought that really well written and really good. That was a challenge to think the, the exact specifics of the, of the final speech. Uh, but, but I, I had a lot of fun time, especially giving it to the character that who, who says it is the character that throughout most of the movie has been kind of the comic relief. And then he's the one who delivers this final message of like the themes of the movie and stuff. So yeah, that was, that was something that was, that was fun to write. So, so thanks, thanks that you like it. No problem. In the film, as you were making it, like any, anything that you weren't originally planning on doing, but you just improvised and did it? Probably mostly like comedy lines here and there. Yeah, I can't think of anything too specific, but definitely throughout the movie, there would always, we would come up with ideas and be like, oh, uh, let's try that instead. Let's try that. I, I, I can't, I can't think of anything specific, but there's definitely a lot of uh, stuff that I, I wrote, but then we changed while filming and, uh, most mostly uh, with my friends and kind of the the banter between Charlie and Danny, I'd say. Okay. Is there anything you would like to say or talk about that I didn't ask about the film or anything? Uh, no, I think we covered a lot of a lot of good stuff there. I, I can't think of anything more. <laughs> yeah. All right. Where can people go to learn more about you and stay updated? With you? I got a few links. The first one for anybody who wants to like really dig down into uh, down the road. I have a blog that was uh, that I like kept throughout like the whole process, and you can find that at uh, dtrfilm.blogspot.com. That covers like ten years of uh, of working on it, and uh, a lot of like a lot of behind the scenes of like visual effects and things. Last year, uh, got a website for my production company, Rick Air Productions, and that's spelled R I C K. A-I-R productions.com. That's where I'm, I'm shifting my blog toward. So whenever down the road sort of fully finishes through the festivals and stuff, that's where I'll, uh, the Rick, Rick Productions is where I'll be posting the rest of future film updates. And I have a YouTube channel for Rick Air Productions, but it's not really that active right now. Um, hopefully next year, 2023, will be, uh, I'll, I'm going to try to get like a little bit of web series and little uh, little things up there so it's more, more populated with stuff to watch. The last link I'll share is uh, uh, my music channel, um, which I give, I, I write music, it's mostly like mysterious and kind of scary and sad, 
Um, and I give that to other filmmakers to use for free if they want to, if, if that works for their movie. Um, and you can find that at YouTube and SoundCloud. That's Eric M. Music. And so it's spelled E-R-I-K-M Music. And you can find that on YouTube and SoundCloud. And just uh, if there's tracks you like, you can download them for free and, uh, and use it in your stuff. And uh, you said your next uh, project you can be working on is the web series? Sort of. There's several projects. I'm not sure which one will be next. There's a, there's a couple of uh, features that I'm working on right now, feature scripts. They're psychological thrillers, hopefully finally learning the lessons from the other dimension and down the road, which is to keep it simple and uh, not rely on visual effects and things. And so hopefully those are things that I can um, <clears throat> output relatively quickly as opposed to down the road, which took like years to make. So there's those two scripts I'm working on and the web series. I mentioned the one kind of the last man on earth, but I also want to do a web series that's sort of a, a comedy cartoon. I'd uh, be excited to watch anything else that you uh, create. Thanks. No problem. Thanks for having me on the podcast. <laughs> of course. Thank you so much for your time and for coming on. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs>